Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, a film will, like this will succeed or fail based on the central performance. Uh, and Bernard Laurent's performance, I think, is excellent. And how good was that reveal when you did actually see Beyond the Lid? Because I thought, it's a, it's a Netflix film, it's probably got a budget, we're probably not going to see a lot, but it just kept panning out and out, and it was a gorgeous shot. It was surprisingly good. It was significantly better than I expected, and that's always a, a, good, a good indicator. I would happily recommend it to other people, even to people that generally don't watch foreign language films. This is an insanely tense watch. There are bits where I was watching it through my fingers, but I think that's, that's just a testament of how well it was put together. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ben. Hello. Paul. Hello. And Helen. Hello. And we are talking today about oxygen, oxygen, oxy something. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. In the remote FlixWatcher studio today, we have Ben and Paul. If you could please say hello and tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Sure. Okay. So yeah, I'm Paul, um, one of the co-hosts of the Have You Seen This podcast uh, with three cinema general managers that decided we were going to talk rubbish about films and film news uh we try and have a guest on each of our pods that's linked in the industry some way whether they work in the cinema industry or if they were actors or directors and uh yeah we just review two new films uh when we were doing lockdown obviously we weren't open so we were just reviewing things like from netflix or any other streaming service uh but it had to be a new film but now the cinemas are back open again we're hopefully going to be able to get him back in there and uh review some stuff on the big screen my name's Ben. I am uh, another co-host on Have You uh, Have You Seen This, and also a manager of a cinema. And yeah, it's um, it's it's been a really great couple of weeks because uh, the cinemas are open again. Um, but it has meant we've been yeah arms up in the air. It has meant we've been incredibly busy. Um, oh really? But That's yeah, good. it's actually it's it's really surprising because when we opened in July last year. Um, mm. Everyone thought that Tenet was going to do absolutely gangbusters, and do you know what? It did really well in the UK in terms of, it, of its overall box office. But after that, it just it all sort of fell off a cliff, and then obviously we went into the tears, and then that just turned into a full on um, third, fourth, fifth 
sixth lockdown, whatever it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, but this time people are coming back and it, it's really, really great. And and people are just excited to to be back in the cinema again. I'm just having so many great conversations with with customers who are generally just like, I thought you guys were, were going to go. And it's like, no, we're, we're still here. And it's, it's, um, it's really good. Yeah, it's really great. You should say which cinema chain you guys run. Uh, we work for Picture House, uh, which is owned by Cineworld, but trades and does things completely different to, um, yeah, to Cineworld. And um, yeah, it's a great little company to work for. As uh, Claire Bins puts it, we have cathedrals of cinema and all our buildings are really weird and quirky in different shapes and sizes. Um, and we just like, we're passionate film fans and we get to sort of wear that on our sleeves in our buildings. Like we get to do all sorts of stuff just to bring out the best of it. We've got people who do amazing chalkboards, lots of like different like fun quotes. And like, in, in Greenwich, the one I run, we've got loads of old 35 mil equipment we just literally just decorated the walls in it um during mm. when we reopened i literally hung like loads of 35 mil i'm really sorry i did cut up a print of chicken run i'm not i don't know <laughs> if i'm gonna get into trouble for that but i found this old chicken run print and i literally just hung it from from the um the stairwell and just had welcome home in big letters and it's just uh well, we so know that from... animation does listen to us so <laughs> we'll send them your way oh, no. uh when that happens but uh, oh. i mean it sounds like this is kind of conversation this your podcast is kind of spurned out from these conversations that you have just generally uh, yeah. as part of your daily, as your daily, your daily work. Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah, started yeah. out. It was during the first lockdown. Um, the sort of higher ups asked us if we would do a podcast for the Picture House staff that were all furloughed, just to keep mm. them involved and get a bit of information out to them if it was if it was needed. But but just generally for, to something to entertain them for a, for an hour a week. Um, and it sort of went on from there. But then when uh, we originally opened in that little period when Tenet came out. The official Picture House podcast was due to come out again, so we didn't want to confuse with them. So we decided to go off on our own and just continue the ramblings that we'd started during the first lockdown and uh, just push them out to a to a wider audience. Well, I've, I've been listening long, guys. Uh, it was the first Picture House podcast introduced me to you, and I since then dived back and uh, listened to a fair few of your shows. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend. Have you seen this? Seen spelt as in S C E N E, just in case you know. Love a pun. People don't get We're the so, pun. so clever with that name. <laughs> <laughs> of course, so many problems since. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are here today to talk about oxygen. Oxygen, depending on which language you choose to speak. It was your choice, this, Ben. Uh, can you tell us why you chose it? And then you have 60 seconds or less of Bring the Watch Up to tell us the synopsis. So, I mean, why is just, I mean, during lockdown, during lockdown one, when everyone was really excited and not over this BS, um, people were really energetic and they were like cat cracking on with those home projects. Like, and everyone seemed to be just like learning a new language, building a shed, going on a 15K run, sticking it all up on Instagram just to show everyone how amazing they are with life. I, mean, I just watched a lot of films. I mean, like, I also stopped getting dressed, but I, I didn't put either of those things on Instagram, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I just, I was watching so much stuff, like lots of stuff I'd never seen before, things you want to just tick off the bucket list, totally makes sense. But then nostalgia became like a very powerful tool and sort of staying positive those early days. Like there's nothing like wrapping yourself in a warm piece of, of film to sort of think, oh, maybe the world isn't actually ending and it's not all that bad. So yeah, I was, I was going for a real sort of binge on that stuff, but then it was like, well, actually the cinemas are closed and there's no new content coming out. And when you think back to like 2019, like there were literally like 13, 15 films coming out a week. They always say on the on the Wittertainment podcast, like Mark Mode's always whinging it is to watch so many films. So after a while, it's just like, I really just want to mainline some new content. And so then just uh, Netflix, you know, they, they've always been good, to be honest, like Uncut Gems, 40-year-old version, like two of my favorite films of, of last year. So the hit rate is pretty strong. I know nothing about this film going into it. Saw the trailer for, I like sci-fi. 
Um, yeah, I like her off Inglourious Bastards. Let's give it a go. So Oxygen is a film about a woman who wakes up There's in a- 60 seconds. Good, sorry. Uh, oh, right. Sorry, this, this is going to take me no time Straight at all. Straight out of the box. Way, way much longer. Okay. Oxygen is a film about a woman who wakes up in a cryogenic chamber with no recollection of how she got there and she must find a way out before running out of air. The clock is ticking. Like it. 20 seconds. Excellent. I mean, I've not seen, I've not seen Buried, but this, the premise seems very similar. Um, yeah. Almost like a one-hander. This has opportunities to actually have different voices in there and stuff. Paul, have you have you seen Buried? And what what are your thoughts on Oxygen? What are your first kind of thoughts on it? That's my first thought. Uh, was you immediately start comparing it to Buried, which I thought was a really good movie. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was great in that film. So you, there's always going to draw immediate comparisons, even down to camera shots uh, and those sort of things. Be how how are they going to manage me being glued to the screen for an hour and a half? when really you're just showing the inside of a box. And it, they achieved it with Buried. And uh, I mean, they stuck, to, to be perfectly honest with it, with this film, they were inside the box for longer because at least there were flashbacks uh, that took you outside mm. of the coffin and Buried. But to, you know, to, to keep you inside that box, it did draw those comparisons straight away. Obviously the setting's very different, but yeah, you, you, you couldn't really avoid that. So what are your thoughts on, on Oxygen generally? Personally, I, I actually quite enjoyed it, surprisingly. So uh, I was a bit, I don't know, going in, the director, his output hasn't exactly been glorious. Uh, there's a couple of films uh, that were okay. So what, I mean, what are you referring to? Uh, well, the, no the, to to the, tra the, the travesty that is Piranha 3D. Uh, it's an absolutely, oh, no. absolutely terrible film. Although, yeah, it is just... Is it that bad? I think if, if you go in <laughs> expecting the right level of cheese, I think you probably can get away with it as just a fun ride. But it's not a film that stands up to a rewatch. And the gimmick of 3D worked very I, well. But I think I remember watching Prime 3D at the cinema. And this is at a time when I didn't watch, I didn't go to the cinema that often. Maybe like just like twice a week. So I, I kind of, I always think what else, there must have been other stuff at the cinema that I neglected. I chose to watch Prime <laughs> 3D instead of it. I mean, I had quite a good time, but I still think, there must have been better things on there. Um, must have been around that time. Maybe that. Maybe the three. I think also there's that time when 3D was just still a gimmick, and I kept from trying to find a film that it worked for. I haven't found it yet. I mean, maybe Gravity is probably the best version. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah. It's it still is like okay. There must be one film that this works for. And Piranha 3D wasn't the one. It's not the one. No, no it wasn't. No. Helen, what are your thoughts on, on Oxygen and and this? I don't know subgenre. Surprisingly enough. I haven't I haven't seen Piranha 3D, so I can't lend my voice to that debate. Um, so you'd not seen this before, Ben. This is no. you've not seen. Brave choice. I always yeah. commend anyone who is going going in for not having seen it. Um, yeah, there was lots that I liked it going on. Um, I like a good sci-fi, and I like something that makes your brain kind of like tick over. Could, yeah, definitely buried because obviously. She could have been buried. We don't know. We don't really know where this mysterious um, pod is. And then also um, sort of the single person films. So like Locke and Moon, All is Lost, those kind of films as well. Kind of your, your brain starts thinking about that. I think it just about hold my attention for the runtime. I mean, obviously subtitles. So you have to kind of have your attention on all the time. So that had that going for it. But mm. uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll go into it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, just the, the there was a certain point where I think my brain kind of accepted that she was here and she was probably not going to be moving from this. So 
trying to kind of guess like with the information you've got why is she there who is she there etc and try and keep up with the film and try and like can I guess it can I find out is he dead is she dead who's dead are they all dead it's kind of the <laughs> thought process that I, I went into with this it becomes a bit like a whodunit doesn't it like a sci-fi whodunit trying to unpick where she is at the same time as her and there's also I think you also have those kind of tropes with the amount of times she was mo- screaming really loudly and like moving around there's like Conserve your oxygen. You've already got, you've been, <laughs> you've been told you've got 48 minutes to 74 minutes. Like, you've got an extra half hour if you just like yeah. try. I know it's obviously super difficult, but at the same time, you're trying to um, trying to save yourself. Just like calm down a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah. and, I, I, and I love how we were reminded throughout about how little time she had left with this deeply yeah. unsympathetic, uh, cold AI, love it, uh, Milo, <laughs> who was essentially like the second lead in this film because it, like, it's basically the two of them f- throughout. It's and- a French howl. Yeah, yes. essentially. And it reminded me of the days of like Windows 95 when you were like trying to use your hardware wizard to try and attach a printer and the PC would just look <laughs> at you going like, what, what are you trying to do? I don't I don't really understand. Like unless she actually articulated exactly what she what it is she wanted, uh, yeah. Milo would be like, nah, it's not happening. It's not happening. Um, yeah, and I love that. He was very French, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. In that sense. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. give him the specific instruction. He's like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And yeah, no, more, no more so than right at the end where she's like, is like uh, yeah, it's going to take me like twenty. It's going to take fourteen thousand minutes for me to do this thing, uh, unless I put you to cry asleep. And she's like, "Well, can you put me to cry asleep?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, for, like for a film that was shot in a single location, like uh, the cinematographer Maxim Alexandre, he made it look so big yeah. and like at the same time claustrophobic, depending on what he wanted to achieve, because the camera was just all over the shop. It must have been. A, a, a use of CGI to take the, the lid off the actual pod because there was a bit where the camera was like literally spinning around catching like um, uh, what's her face is I've forgotten the name of the actress I've told Melanie you Melanie Long uh, so just catching her face like it was engulfing the screen and then it was like mm. panning around again and seeing the roof and then panning around again I was like how did they do that that's amazing um, yeah it looked go- like gorgeously cinematic I love that yeah I would have thought like you say CGI would have played a huge factor in the in the in the session but I was similarly consumed in the same way you were. I thought that because I hadn't seen Buried, the concept for me is like, oh, and similar maybe to Paul, I was kind of going into thinking, is this going to keep my attention for one hour 40? Already seems a bit long for this kind of idea, but it generally, generally did. Um, and like I say, I think it's a whodunit aspect. An extra clue comes out. You get this kind of, this this police person who turns out to be fake, who's trying to just keep alive until she until she perishes. And then you get the, then you finally get the idea that she's actually in, in cryosleep, in, like in in space. And it's like, oh shit, this is this is what you see in Aliens. This is what you see in Red Dwarf. This yeah. this is the inside of the, the bits you don't see. Yeah. So then that kind of grabbed my attention a, a bit again. Then to see what that kind of would be like. And how good was that reveal when you did actually see beyond the lid? Because I thought it's mm. a, it's a Netflix film. It's probably got a budget. We're probably not going to see a lot, but it just kept panning out and out, and it was a gorgeous shot. It's, and I really enjoyed the fact. And that's one thing, a few, answered a few of my questions with cryosleep and stuff is how many people survived this thing? There must be some collateral damage. And you know, if there's a collision, what happens? And you saw that there's just dead bodies floating in there. And I thought that was really, it's really cool. Not the dead bodies aspect, but I think the way they kind of showed what kind of colonization experiment, what kind of colonization mission will realistically have. People are not going to make it all the way through to, the, to Mars, whatever. Mm. It was kind yeah. of plausible sci-fi, isn't it? Because there's there's kind of strands that are a bit like, oh, it's amazing, but not going to happen. And then there's like, hmm, yes. Yeah, so we could send 
loads of clones off into space and that would be the spaceship that I could go in and like, would I send myself in space to be cloned? And like, it's quite interesting. It raises quite some lots of ethical questions also about kind of like cloning and, you know, can clones like have personalities and, you know, what can they do with their memories and all of their memories real and all of those kind of things. And like so many rats, like there's loads of rats in it as well. So, you know, they clone the rats, like could be possible. Are they cloning rats now? Are they going to send me into space? So many questions, quite, quite a thoughtful <laughs> film for Sunday afternoon when I was watching it. Helen, you said it was a brave choice to, to pick this. Is it because of the, the horror elements in it or just because it might have been utter tripe? Well, to be honest, when you picked this, I had flashbacks of one of the earlier episodes where Dave from the cinema picked Ark, which was also a Netflix sci-fi film, which was pretty rubbish. So I was kind of like going, please don't be another Ark. Please don't be another Ark. Please there, let there be shoes in the future. Um, so, you know, kind of like the first 20 odd minutes, I was like, Yes, this is this has got good vibes going for it. Um, yeah, it's always kind of a risk, you know, with a new film as well, one you've perhaps not heard people talk about, and you know, you're kind yeah. of going bringing it to the table for three people to obviously review. Yeah. Sometimes kind, sometimes not kind. So people take it personally. It's not personally. That's um, what, so yeah, yeah, it's good. That's good, what I love about it. It's just choice. the idea that all, all four of us had a shared, if 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 be it virtually, experience of just all watching this for the first time, and that's what. That's an element of, of cinema that I really missed, um, you know, when we were closed, is that shared immersive experience. And yeah, um, I like the idea of just doing something like this and it's all fresh takes. Well, I applaud you. Um, obviously, it could, I mean, I think by the discussion we've had in the, in the first kind of 15 minutes, it's seeming generally positive, generally positive. Um, but yeah, it could have gone right. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> it succeeds based, I mean, a film like this will succeed or fail based on the central performance uh, and Bernard Laurent's performance I think is excellent in this film given the restrictive nature of the physicality that she was able to portray I mean it, everything had to be done pretty much in close-ups with her face and to convey everything that she was able to uh, with this script I think she did a, an excellent job I, I read somewhere that um, apparently this was originally supposed to be an American project and it was going to be Anne Hathaway yeah and it was going to be going to be playing the role. It probably still will be. It probably <laughs> still do it anyway, possibly. Um, but yeah, so I think you know she needs to be commended for for the performance she gave because you know, a, a lesser actress in in this role could have rendered this really difficult to watch. And I think one thing I think about, I, I want to see more of Melanie Ron. I've only seen her notably from my memory in Inglorious Bastards and Beginners, um, which is a film with um, Ewan McGregor. And she's every time I see, her, I think, yeah, let's let's have more of her. Um, and I think you're right; those kind of hold these kind of high concept films often fail, and often that reason is because of the, the caliber of the acting that goes on. And I remember, uh, I remember um, in Time, which was led by Justin Timberlake, and he's a nice guy, but also the concept of the film, it just it didn't have the legs. It was maybe a 50 minute Black Mirror episode, but it wasn't a two hour long cinema experience. But I think the script held it here, and it and it had a few ideas um, to take it through to the full running yeah. time. I like the tech in it as well. I think, I think the, the, the tech in it was quite convincing because it wasn't too futuristic, but I was kind of a bit like, yeah, I kind of get that you need those needles in you and the and the belt thing and the... the that was the, like, gross, wasn't the it? The netting thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, hmm, yeah, leave that. Not too... Because it isn't until 
quite a bit on that you actually realise that she is actually in space and she's not actually still on Earth because I think it's, she's still having a phone call before you kind of realise that. So it's, it's it manages to kind of stretch it out that far until you kind of get there and you're like, oh, right, actually, probably not looking that great if she's nowhere near Earth and she's run out of oxygen. Like, good job she didn't open the pod, Ulta. <laughs> that could have been a bit dicey. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a nice little plot point because it for a, a concept like this yeah, you need to re-engage your audience fairly constantly to, to stop them getting getting bored and introducing yeah, like you said it's another level of peril that gets added at that point uh, that wasn't there before and it, again it just draws you back in again so I think that was quite an, quite an intelligent script in that regard the only thing for me I don't know we've mentioned them already how do we feel about the rats Bit. I mean, yes, of course, it's it's always a horrific thing uh, when you see all the those rats. But I don't know if it, it for me whether it worked in with the the entirety of the script. Whether it seemed to be, I don't know. It it seems for me at one point certainly to be a sort of shock value thing. I don't think I don't know if it added anything to the story. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. I think maybe the one shot when the when the when the one rat was there it was like, oh shit, is there a rat there? But then when the multiple when like the hundreds or whatever it was came, I was just like. They're not there. What's this for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I assume they were there to show kind of like her her brain was, you know, deprived of oxygen and hallucinating. And yeah. maybe they overdid it on the rats. Less rats. <laughs> Less rats next time. That's a trailer shot if I ever saw one. Like that shot in the trailer was like, oh, yeah. rats. Yeah. Good. Good to know. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to say, guys, before we head to the scores? I was just wondering, like, what people's maybe favorite concept i think like with a high concept film the sort of mm. elevator pitch uh, film usually something with a clock running down um these are films that like when you're watching them they're great they're intense but if you go back and watch them again maybe they don't make a lick of sense i was thinking of things like did you remember phone booth that film yeah, from, yeah yeah that was like one of my my favorite uh, sort of high concept films just wondering if you guys had uh, any others that were your favorite apart from buried obviously which we've mentioned before i think almost Favorite high concept films tend to be the ones that um, they do in Black Mirror. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, difficult to get away from that. That's now, why isn't they it? tend yeah. to manifest best for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess speed, speed is a classic for me because yeah. it's like, oh, well, they. Oh, well, I mean, I can't give any spoilers away, but there's a moment in it where you're like, oh, they've done the film, they've completed it, and then it's like, oh, no, it isn't. So I think that's quite. Um, I mean, there's there's loads of things in there where you're like, yeah, that wouldn't happen, but still, I I still enjoy <laughs> it, and um, I think. You know, it's one of the stronger ones from Keanu's back catalogue that I, I particularly enjoy, and it's it's a lot of fun on that one. Right. So oh, yeah. speed maybe gets my vote. Another Keanu, maybe Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Is that a high concept film? Yeah, yeah, okay, but it's, yes, yeah. But it's, yeah, you could class it as high concept. So, you know, they're going back in in time to help someone. I mean, it's a very silly concept, isn't it, to help some help them yeah. be able to pass pass a class <laughs> at school? Um, but that's uh, it. Is it? Is that's not very high stakes, is it? It's not high stakes, but it's it's, it's <laughs> just turning in a paper. Weirdly high concept in a weird way. I had one question I wanted to ask before we go to the scores. Sure. So, so the ending, we're led to believe that all is well and she lands on 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 the planet and is reunited. I kind of felt I don't know. I was expecting. You wanted more terror. Yeah, peril. I was kind of expecting that she didn't survive but sacrificed herself for him, which I thought was kind of where it was maybe going, but then it didn't, and it was a bit like ending was a bit maybe like the least exciting part of it because I, I like films where you genuinely 
don't know if the characters are going to survive. And then when they don't, it's more of a like, ooh, surprise me there. And it's less kind of Hollywoody. Um, That's, and yeah. I was a bit like, mm. It was a bit, yeah, yeah I agree about it being a bit Hollywoody, particularly as he, he'd gone back to France to make this film. Uh, you know, that European sensibility that, you know, it doesn't matter if it has an unhappy ending. If it's, if it's the right ending, it's the right ending. So, yeah, so it was maybe wrapped up in a bow a bit much. So, yeah, the, maybe a bit more ambiguity would have been nice, whether she was, it was the last thing, she, it was just the concept she had in her head before she passed away from oxygen deprivation or something would have been nice. But Or, a, you know, a Twilight Zone final twist uh, along there somewhere. But, yeah, so maybe that was possibly the bit that was a bit twee. Just bang mm. for blood, guys. Come on. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you? Life's depressing enough. She made it. It's nice. I just took, I just took it at face value. I was just like, yeah, I've made it. Fine. <laughs> we got back together. I did wonder where everyone else was, though. But nope. that was my <laughs> point. All right, let's head to the scores. Hello, folks. I'm Sam. And I'm Martin. And every week for the last five years, we've got together to talk about the musician Tom Waits. He's a gravelly voice singer that sounded like he doused his vocal cords in bourbon and set fire to them with a cigarette <laughs> and wrote such classic songs as Way Down in the Hole, Downtown Train, Jersey Girl. Uh, he's also the gravelly voiced actor from films such as The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Seven Psychopaths, both of which coincidentally are on Netflix and both of which Kobe and Helen have discussed here on Flixwatcher. So make sure you check those episodes out. And when you have a little bit of a taste for the magic that is Tom Waits, why not head over to songbysongpodcast.com or search for Song by Song in your podcatcher of choice to listen to a little bit more about Tom Waits. Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Ben, with your recommendability. I'm not definitely not going to be using the decimal place because I have like quite a, a strict star rating system when it comes to films. And people who use the half star, I mean, there's a special place reserved in hell for them. So, <laughs> recommendability. <laughs> that was a bit much, but yeah. Uh, are you on Letterboxd? Is that something you're, you're not happy with on Letterboxd? You know, literally, I follow you guys on Letterboxd. If you read like my description, literally is, I do not recognise the half star as a thing. Um, but yeah, but when you go into decimal places, it's more of a percentage anyway, so it's great. And you guys do have a great scoring system, bringing it back round. Um, recommendability. Um, I'd say four out of five. I'd say give this a go. This is an insanely tense watch. There are bits where I was watching it through my fingers, but I think that's that's just a testament of how well it was put together. So yeah, four out of five for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think four out of five. Um, it's it was surprisingly good. Uh, it was significantly better than I expected, and that's always a, a good a good indicator um, that uh, you know. And the fact that I would happily recommend it to other people, even to people that generally don't watch foreign language films, uh, which is a, a strange concept to me. Uh, if a, if a good film's a good film, but I think yeah, this is a good movie. So four out of five. Yeah, I mean, on that because I started watching this on my iPad first. And then switch to my computer about the next in the next session. And on my iPad, um, it just presented automatically to me English with the subtitles. So I just thought I didn't. I thought it was just things from New Melanie Laurent speaks English. I, was, I just thought that was it. And then when I went to my computer, it was French with the English subtitles. I was like, "What the hell is this? What the hell's got on here?" Um, I've never had that before. It's just chosen a language for me, um, and and then also not, not stick with it because I would have genuinely continued all the way through the English. Because something that's kind of switched back and forth, and it, I found the dubbing wasn't too bad. But I guess in you guys, just it was just straight French. Was there was no 
ambiguity uh, in the way that was for me. Uh, avoid dubbing like the plague uh, wherever possible because generally it's never good. It is weird that we've done ones in the past which have been subtitle features and Netflix has sometimes automatically gone for the, the dubbed version. I remember that that happened with that horrible prison one, the platform. It automatically went to the dubbed version before I'd even um, had a choice to watch it in the original language. So yeah, it's not just you, Kevin. I think that happens a lot. Uh, recommendability score, Helen. Um, just to say, I watched this, the French version with the subtitles, which I think can still be putting off-putting for some people, especially kind of like Netflixers in general, where they like to to double screen. So I think the fact that it's it's French <laughs> might be slightly off-putting, and that you're going to have to like read as well as as watch. Um, but that said, I'm I'm also going to give it a four. I don't think it's it's, it's going to be like one that loads of people are possibly going to pick up with and be their fav- favourite film. But if you're looking for something that's a, a new film, which most of the films on Netflix are kind of a little bit old, and this one's probably a little bit hidden, um, it's only an hour and 41 minutes. So uh, if you're looking for something a little bit different, then yeah, give it a go. Uh, repeat viewing score, Ben. I So I really don't like... I'm fine with rats. And as I said, the, I think the rats in this looked actually quite nice and, and friendly. Um, but I do have an issue with blood and uh, all of the needle <laughs> stuff really did freak me out. And again, we were talking about high concept films. I think if you go back and scrutinize the plot, things will just start to unravel. So for me, it's, it's a three out of five on, on that. Oh, so you will watch it again? I think I, I think I would watch it again, especially if I'm like, come on, guys, let's all sit down and watch Oxygen um, together. Um, um, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> Paul? I'm going to go for a three out of five as well. I think it's it's a film if I'm recommending it to people, I think I'd happily sit down with them and watch it. Again, probably to see their reaction to it as well. So, yeah, I think a three. <laughs> Helen? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm not sure what I would get from this repeat viewing because kind of the... The, the the momentum that keeps you going is to kind of find out like why she's there and where is she etc. So uh, one point five. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get exactly one point five as well. Again, like Helen, I'm not sure when I'd watch this again because I think everything's kind of revealed to me, and I don't think it's that layered in the way like something like um, what's that Benoit Blanc film? Oh, Knives Out. Oh, Knives Out. Yeah, Knives Out. Knives out. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. So the so name of the like, character, so, Knives Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what three. You probably thinking the name of the actor or the director. Um, yeah. So something like that, where it's like it's a bit of a whodunit, where you think, okay, I need to watch it again to see where the things kind of knit together. Um, but for this, I don't think I need to <laughs> to do that. But also, I think the uh, quite like we said uh, Ben about the blood thing, and I think there's this thing whereby, like, superb supreme gore like if a chainsaw cuts someone's head off it's like fine but i can i can that's so far beyond the realm but like sticking a needle in your hand is like uh, um so i kind of get that <laughs> yeah um small screen score ben so it's shot in a uh, 239 scope uh despite not having a cinematic uh, cinema release especially in the U- well uh, in the uk i didn't see if it was showing in the uk but I don't, was it was it due to have a cinematic release you know I don't, um, maybe, I don't know the, the ins and outs. Was it always a Netflix production? Paul probably knows. Uh, no, I was to say originally it was, they were, it was touted it was going to be at a, uh, one of the studios in the States with Anne Hathaway on it. And I yeah. think it's only because of the pandemic that it, everything's moved in. He, he okay. went back to France and still wanted to make this movie. Uh, obviously, it's a very small But then they, made it, they still made it super wide, yeah. which, is, which is interesting. All right. But that helped. And in the same way you were talking about Buried, that helped sort of, get those great shots of her all in one frame. Um, so despite the fact that it is sort of shot in that cinematic uh, format, I would still give it a four out of five because I think it works perfectly well on, on your TV and 
I don't know how it fared on on the smartphone, but yeah. So I think I'll probably go. Yeah, I mean it works very very well because it's it's a, a, a one tiny room film for the majority of it. The the only time you would really think about moving out to you want to see on the bigger screen is when to go to those big concept shops. They said that huge shot of it tracking panning back out. Um, so I don't know. Th- I'm, I was about to say three point five, but Mercer would kill me. Uh, I'll, I'll say. <laughs> I'll say three for this one, I think. Nice. Uh, Helen? Yeah, I would not have seen this at the cinema. This wouldn't be the one that I would kind of go, yeah, I need to go and see that on the big screen. It would have kind of just been maybe not that one. I thought watching at home was quite claustrophobic, and I think that kind of like added to the sort of feeling of being like almost in the box with her and being in there. So I thought that worked pretty well. That said, like the the kind of like the pulling out shot to the, the you know the the wider pod pod vessel was pretty cool. Yeah, I'll go for a four. Like, I mean, there was bits of it that were, were quite cool, and I could see it working in the cinema. But even but I enjoyed it all the same at home. Yeah, can some reasons to yourself, but I'm going to score a bit higher with a four point five. I think it it works very nicely and gives that extra kind of claustrophobic feeling when you watch it at home. Especially if you start watching on your iPad in your bed uh, under the match under the quilt, engagement score, Ben. Uh, I think four out of five because this was an intense watch. I had my hands covering my eyes. <laughs> it was there were bits where I was just, oh, I was like literally, oh come on, shouting at uh, the the Milo, the computer. I was like, oh, you knew what she meant. Um, but yeah, <laughs> four out of five. I was shouting my TV. Uh, yeah, why is it echoing the same things? I'm going to say four as well, I think because the the performance was is what really drew me in. That that always tends to be my starting point where, with a lot of movies. If if I don't believe the performance is, you've lost me. So for for that alone, I think four. Helen, uh, sorry, I go four point seven. I pretty much. Why are you nearly... sorry? <laughs> <laughs> because I could just tell like how this is uh, making places. Ben feel with the um, the points. <laughs> I feel like I came across too strong when I said that, guys. Like I'm, I'm very okay with your cut. If, if, if you, if you knew, it, if you knew him, it's real. Uh. <laughs> um, just because I was like a hundred percent in it and I had a hundred percent of my attention, but I think the flashbacks were a little bit overdone, and I kind of wanted it to move on a little bit. Um, so mm. four point seven. I'm gonna go for five. I like the way it just impeeled. I like the way it peeled back. And there's a different step, there's different something uh, revealed every kind of 50 minutes. Uh, and it's so far, ended up so far away from where I thought it was going to end up uh, when when I first pressed play. So um, it kept me going. It kept me going. And I guess because you're, because it's a foreign language film, I don't speak French, and I'm reading the subtitles as well. So you have to be engaged. Otherwise, it's, it's not happening. And that gives an overall score of 3.63750. So no matter what you do with your, with your round scoring, the overall score <laughs> is going to be it's going to be Looney Tunes anyway, and that's what it comes to three point six three seven five zero. That's pretty good. It is, yeah. It's the repeat viewing score and let it down in this case, which I can understand. Ben and Paul, tell everyone where we can find you online, and then we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Make sure, obviously, you, you plug your podcast again. Sure. Okay. So yes, yeah, so our podcast is Have You Seen This? With Scenes spelled S C E N E. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Seen This underscore Pod, and on Facebook and Insta seen this pod and if you want to drop us an email it's seen this pod at gmail.com 
yeah, please come along and, and uh, have a listen. Listen to my insane jingles. I did one about butter, Butticus popcorn recently. I genuinely thought I'd lost my mind. Uh, it was just this guy <laughs> saying Butticus, Butticus, Butticus over and over again. But I find like 70s jingles and just sort of all mix them together. So um, yeah, if that sounds like your bag, uh, give it a go. Um, but yeah, cheers. Thanks. Yeah, do give it a go, guys. It's very well, very highly recommended. Um, not enough episodes for my liking, but you know. We're lagging behind you a bit. We'll Maybe you'll there. get some more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to get you guys on. Yeah, whenever you want. Just give us a shout. Just give us a shout. Uh, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwasher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.